we're doing, but for your mercy and your grace above almost all else. We give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Well, praise the Lord. It's Sunday. Hallelujah. We're here. We have worshiped, and I believe that what we have done up to this point has been a sweet sound unto the ears of the Lord. I've mentioned it before. I'll mention it again. And if you get tired of hearing me say it, get over it. <laughs> the worship service is probably my favorite portion of the service because it's the only thing that we have in these days dedicated to blessing God. Everything else is about him ministering to us. And you know what? I love being blessed and I love being ministered to, but there's something special. There's something just different. When we collectively bind together as a church body, as a family, as the children of God, and we sing his praises just to let him know we love him. If you're a parent, you'll understand this when your child, without provocation, just comes and says, Mom, Dad, I love you. That's what we're doing to him when we worship. It's just us expressing to him how much we love him and how much we need him and how wonderful he is for us. And I, I, you know, say what you will. We're a little, a small church with a small team. And, you know, maybe what we lack in personnel and maybe what we lack in talent some days, we more than make up for in passion for the kingdom of God and for God himself. And I'm grateful to be a part of Truth Tabernacle. I don't know about anybody else, but I love this church. And I love that we're in this town. Allison and I often comment as we drive through town just how much we love Pontiac and how blessed we are to be here. I will be honest, this is the last place I expected to end up. <laughs> I don't know where God was taking me. I kept moving progressively further forward or further up uh, toward the Arctic Circle. I was afraid I was going to end up in some kind of winter base or something at the North Pole. I was going to end up being an elf at Santa's workshop or something, but... He landed me here at Pontiac, and I am so grateful. I love it here, and I love every one of you. Amen. Well, oh, thank you. <laughs> it's okay. It doesn't have to be reciprocal. I'd appreciate it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have a, I will say, uh, greetings from Pastor Heil, who is in Florida today, soaking up the sun, basking in that that coastal water uh, of the Gulf, hopefully not being hit by a hurricane. That wouldn't be ideal. But he just wanted to share his greetings this morning. He's on a very much deserved and needed vacation with Sister Angela and her kids and their grandkids. And we're excited that they get to go. We're a little sad we didn't get to go with them. But there's nowhere else I'd rather be, honestly, than right here with you all in the house of the Lord. Amen. Um, I do have one thing. Before we get into any kind of message, you can continue to play. I like the ambience, but if you want to stop, you're welcome to. Um, I have one announcement that I want to make, two, two announcements. First of all, Brother Handy and his restaurant is celebrating its first anniversary on Thursday, right? So if you have not been to Yada Hibachi Food Truck, please go check them out. They are so good. It's making me hungry just thinking about it. And uh, Thursday is their first anniversary of being here in Pontiac, and we're so excited not only to have them here in Pontiac, but to have Brother Handy here in our church. We love you so much, and we're so grateful to have you here.
Second thing, if you have noticed in the back, there is a little board that has 100, and then it has something, envelopes, yes, 100 envelopes. I know that that's been going on for a couple of months now, and I figured it's probably a good time to give a just a little clarification on what that is. <laughs> I don't know that maybe everybody that's here has clarification on that, but, oh yeah, the, you can sit down if you want to. I'm sorry. Everybody else is sitting down. Mark and Hondi are the only ones who are like, they're trucking through with me. Um, no, so that's a fundraiser for our outreach department. And what that is designated for, what that's going to do when it's fully funded, we, we typically have a community family fund day that we do on Block 59 downtown. And that usually incorporates things like bounce houses, um, booths for information about the church. But the biggest feature of that is we do a big live worship concert out there. We have our team that goes out and we put on live worship on the square downtown and we just saturate the downtown of Pontiac with worship and praise to Jesus. And it's amazing. It's a beautiful time. And in past years, we've invited other churches to come and put on a couple of different songs of theirs. And last year, I think it was, we had Pontiac Bible Church come and they did a set and they were wonderful people to get to meet and connect with and, and worship with. And it's a, it's a big deal. We love to do that. We, we love to take what it is that we love about this church and what we love about our services and just kind of share it with the community. And um, that's, a, that's a really good, cool way of doing that, getting out there. Unfortunately, with the Lambs, uh, if you don't know, they were a family that was with us for a long time. Um, and he, Brother Lamb, was our guitar player. And he uh, also was a bit of a hoarder when it came to sound equipment. So he had like loads of gear and we used his stuff all the time. And when they moved away, they just recently moved down to Alabama, I think, and uh, to get away from the cold because it's better for their bones or I don't know, something. And uh, when they moved, they took all that stuff with them and we couldn't, we can't do that event without that equipment. So instead of trying to rent gear and have that perpetual expense. And instead of trying to go and find used um, gear that's got a limited lifespan, we put together a, a fundraiser that's going to help raise the money we need to buy our own equipment for the church for those events. Now, the caveat is we have to have the equipment to do the event. So for this year, if it hasn't been made known yet, we have canceled this year's Praise in the Park Family Fun Day because we just don't have the funding to get everything we need for this year to do it. And it wouldn't be easy or functional to do it without the worship. That's the biggest chunk of that day. So we have made the executive decision to cancel that event for this year, but this fundraiser is going to continue. It's just going to be back there. All you have to do is just Pull one, two, ten, however many envelopes off of there that you want to, to sponsor. And the number that's on the envelope is the number of dollars you can put in that envelope and then bring it back. And if and it's 100 envelopes all listed from 1 to 100. And if all 100 envelopes are filled with their dollar amount and returned, that will give us a an amount of a right at $5,000, which is what we need to purchase everything that we need for this thing. So... That was a bit of an extra thing. You don't have to pay for that one today, but maybe over time, if you want to donate to that fundraiser, 
I just wanted to give a little bit of clarity. That's why that's back there. So anytime that Brother Zach or Sister Haley come up here and say our outreach funder, fundraiser is continuing, that's what that's for. So if you feel so compelled to give toward that effort, just grab an envelope back there. You can pull one off and I will replace it with another one. Take any of them that you want. And if you just want to give and you don't even want to put an envelope through, you can mark it on your tithing envelope. Just say outreach and it'll go straight to that effort. Okay, any questions? Good. <laughs> All right, that's enough program stuff. Let's just get into the word. What do you say? First, let me say I, I'm grateful for our pastor for my pastor, Brother Gaddy, for my wife, and for all of you, not only for being here today, but for trusting me to share the word of God that I feel like he's blessed me with today. So I just want to say thank you to all of those. And let's get into the word. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. You can stand for the reading if you want to, or you can stay seated. It's your call. We're going to just read this. Now, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation, so it may differ a little from what's on the screen or from what's in your Bible but just follow along and it'll be all right. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And we're gonna preach just for a few minutes this morning, give or take two or three. That's all I'm gonna, I'm just kidding. I only got a couple pages of notes, so it shouldn't go very long, but we're just going to preach for the next few moments on this topic, good plans, good plans. You got to love it when a plan comes together. Let's pray. Lord, we love you today, and we thank you for bringing us together for such a time as this. God, we thank you for the time of worship that we were able to bless you with this morning, and we thank you, God, that you have a word to speak to us today. We ask that you would open our hearts and our spirits to receive that word and apply it. And we ask, God, that you would move mightily through the word, through the altar service, and through the remainder of this day, Jesus. We love you so much. We bless your name, and we give you glory and honor and praise. And the church said, amen. You can be seated. All right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so tomorrow is what? Labor Day, right? Most of us are not working tomorrow. Uh, if you are working, uh, I honor you. I honor all of you that aren't working too because that's fine. Uh, but it's, uh, it's an interesting day. In fact, it's kind of funny. We were up here getting ready to start the worship service and Allison came over to me and she's like, shouldn't we add something to the service talking about honoring our veterans or something? I'm like, no, that's not this day. That's a different, that's a different holiday. <laughs> she's like, oh, what's, what's Labor Day all about? I'm like, well, I'll preach about it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> so for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Labor Day and Veterans Day seem similar, but they are quite different. One is to honor people who protect our country and protect our freedoms. And the other is to honor the people who have built our country, built it from the ground up. Um, beyond it being a day of giving us all a long weekend, there is some significance behind it. It's possibly the only day, the only holiday, where the entire country's working class can feel justified in celebrating themselves. That's really interesting, because I never look at holidays as like, yay me, you know? <laughs> like, my birthday, yes. Holidays, not so much. Um, but that's what this is. It's, it's a, let me just give you a little bit of context for the history here. 
Labor Day is a planned holiday to celebrate the work of unions and laborers to develop the country. Okay? It was concocted as early as 1882 uh, by Peter McGuire uh, as a way to honor those who, quote, from rude nature have delved and carved the grandeur that we behold. Uh, American labor has raised the nation's standard of living and contributed to the greatest production the world has ever known. And the labor movement has brought us closer to the realization of our traditional ideals of economic and political democracy. It is appropriate, therefore, that the nation pays tribute on Labor Day to the creator of so much of the nation's strength, freedom, and leadership, the American worker. I did not know that when I did this research. I'm like, oh, Labor Day, cool, day off, no big deal. Veterans Day is a little different. You know, you think about that and you're like, oh, we, gotta, we need to honor our men and women in the military, our men and women that served. That's incredible. I have family that did that, some that even still do. And that's, that's amazing. And that's something to be revered and honored. But Labor Day was always one of those days where you're just like, what is this supposed to do? Like, why are we have? I don't care because I like the day off. <laughs> I like having a three-day weekend if you get one. But I just never really understood that. And so doing the research for this message, I kind of learned a little bit that every one of you today or tomorrow is about you. You work, you build, you construct. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean hammer and nails only or construction people, people who build sky rises or, or whatever. It's not exclusively one or the other. It's the entire American labor force, which is everybody who works for this country, it works in this country. You build this country, and this weekend, this celebration is about you. So thank you. Thank you for your contributions that make America great. That one's free. You're welcome. So now, I, I'm doing all this research, and I'm, I'm studying this, and I'm, I'm understanding a little bit of the context and the history about Labor Day and this holiday that we're in. And um, I'm trying to think, I'm like, okay, how does this apply to what the Lord is trying to say today? How does this apply to what God's trying to speak through me to the church today? This holiday that we're celebrating this weekend is a celebration of the plans of man. I don't know if you've ever looked at a skyscraper that's being built or even a ground scraper <laughs> or a house or whatever. I don't know if you've ever looked at something and been like, yeah, they just kind of threw that stuff together. They didn't really think too much about it. No, no, there was a lot of planning that went into that. Uh, it's funny to me how the uh, Illinois road system seems to be the one area that they don't put too much planning into because it's just, <laughs> when are they going to finish it? Who knows? But there's lots and lots of plans um, that are celebrated. That's what this weekend is about, is celebrating the plans of man and the execution of those plans. The plans of man are pretty incredible if you really think about it. I mean, man makes a plan to build a building in just a few short months or years. That building stands tall as a proud monument to that great planning. We make plans to educate ourselves. We put ourselves through a few short years of school, and then we come out with a degree that qualifies us to execute even more complicated plans in the world. It's pretty impressive, the plans of man. And we also make plans in church. 
We make plans for events. We make plans for today. We have a float out there, thanks to Joe and his hard work. And we have candy that's been contributed, to all, thanks to all of you. And we have plans to be in this parade and, and to put our name out there. We have plans for things like that. We planned this service today. We, uh, Sister Sanchez planned the worship service. We have plans for construction let me just say this. Let me sidestep here for just a quick second. Construction doesn't seem like a very common thing to think about in a church, but the reality is, is that a building can only hold, hold so much. We look at this building and we look at this sanctuary that holds 120 people and we think, we probably won't need to build for 30 or 40 years. We'll be fine. But the Lord has a different plan. And I'm not going to just, I'm not going to say it. it's not prophecy. I'm not going to try and, 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 you know, make you think that we're going to tomorrow, 400 people are going to, whatever. No. But what I am saying is that God is doing something in Pontiac and he's doing something in Truth Tabernacle that we don't even understand yet. And we don't know the depths and the links to which God is working and pulling strings and orchestrating things. He is doing miraculous and mighty works in this church and in this community. And it's not going to be long, church. I'm going to say it in faith and I'm going to say it right now. It's not going to be long that we're going to be sitting in this church and we're like, man, we need another facility. This place isn't big enough for the work God's doing in this community. Okay? Do we want to be a church of 20,000 people? No. <laughs> do, do we have 20,000 people to reach? Probably not. But God is going to do some great things here. And, and so we have plans. We have plans for revival. God is executing those plans even now. The plans of man are powerful, and they are incredible, and they are beautiful. And with that in mind, what's crazy to me is to think about how much more so are the plans of God. As I was studying and planning, coincidentally, for this message today, there were a number of times that I would just try to kind of put myself in the mind of God. During those times, I would often put on some worship music or try to get myself more saturated in his presence so I could better hear his word or feel his inspiration. And while doing this, I found this one song that I just could not get out of my head. And it hit me like an emotional freight train every single time I played it. It's a really simple song. It's called Good Plans. Interestingly enough, <laughs> the worship band behind it is uh, Red Rocks Worship. They're really, really talented. I love their music. And if you haven't heard it, I highly recommend it. Good Plans by Red Rocks Worship. It's a beautiful song, but it simply says this. It says, he has good plans. He has good plans for me. So I will take heart in deserts and gardens. He has good plans for me. And if I know my father, I know my father has good plans. And I just think it's just a simple message. I was commenting to Allison before service today. One of the songs that popped into the <laughs> prayer playlist was like, we were both kind of looked at each other and we're like, man, they're trying so hard on this song. They're trying to get every poetic statement they can about God into one piece of lyric. And it's just so, it's just too much. It's too much. It's too busy. It needs to be simplified. And I, I leaned over to her and I was like, I just kind of miss the days when we had songs that didn't feel like you had to have a doctorate to understand what they meant. You didn't have to be some kind of crazy theologian to, to understand the dichotomy of God or whatever to get this song, simple songs like, like Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. Literally like five words in the entire song, but man, what, this, what a move of the Spirit of God you can have when you just call out the name of Jesus, amen? 
And this song is similar to that. It's just a very simple song. It just says, he has good plans for me. It got, to think, got me to thinking about the plans of man and, and juxtaposing those to the plans of God. And, and you know, the plans of man in, in the Bible were often thwarted by God. In Isaiah 55 and 8, it's pretty clear as to why when it says that my thoughts are not his thoughts. My ways are, are not your ways. Or, sorry, his, my ways are not, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My, you see it. Says the Lord. <laughs> and then in our main text, he clarifies and he says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So God obviously knows better than I do, right? I mean, how could I ever know as good as the one who created me? Do you think the pot says to the potter, get out of here, man. I know what I'm doing. I'm a pot. <laughs> it's not something I ever expected to say behind a pulpit. I'm a pot. <laughs> but the reality is, is that God knows better than we do right? His plans are better than our plans. And honestly, that thought, the thought that God knows best is incredibly comforting. Because if I'm left to my own vices, I am going to mess it up. I'm a smart guy. I'm not ashamed of that. I went to college. I've got a couple of degrees. I work for a living. Like, I, I, I'm not ashamed of the fact that I'm educated and equipped and empowered. I, it's fine, but man, my best days are just garbage compared to what God is capable of. You know, like I'll have a great day and then I'll look back on it and I'm like, man, I really did a lot of good today. This happens to, uh, to Allison and I a couple of times every once in a while where we're like, man, we've gotten a lot done today. And it's like, I mowed the lawn, I woke up, <laughs> I ate lunch. It's like, man, I'm feeling really accomplished today. Like, I, I did good. And God's up there. He's like, let there be light. You know, like five seconds and the universe, you know. So it's like, you know, I'm nothing. So left to my own vices, things would not work out so well. So I'm incredibly comforted by the fact that God knows best. He knows what he's doing. And thank God, because I don't. <laughs> and honestly, it's so comforting to me, because I, I don't know about any of you, but but I have often become overwhelmed when I look at the condition of our world. I don't think any of us are deceived into the reality that the world is not doing so great right now. Things that are sin are being called good and things that are good are being called sin. The Bible talks about this. This is the end time. This is the day, the last days, saith the Lord. That kind of stuff is what's happening in this world. And I've gotten so overwhelmed when I look at the condition of our world. I've gotten so frustrated when I think about the plans of man in our current society. Man is planning things that just don't make sense, that confuse me, that scare me. You know, I've become so utterly distressed and worried when I, when I look at even how my own plans come together. You know, I, I plan, Allison and I, we plan to start a family and we plan to have children and to raise them in the truth and to help them understand who they are and whose they are in the, in the spirit of God. And, but then we also have to understand too, we're not the only ones that get to speak into their lives. We have to trust that the spirit of God is going to overwhelm that negative and external influence. So our own plans are scary. But then I have to remember, 
I have to remember this one thing. Proverbs 3 and 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. Because there is a God in heaven, there is the God of all creation who has a plan, not just any plan, a good plan. So I go to the word, right? I seek out what God has already said about his plan. I want to know the plan of God. Listen, I don't mind going on a vacation where Carissa plans everything and I'm just along for the ride and I'm just like, I don't know where we're going, but it's going to be fun. I don't mind that sometimes, but I like to be in the know. I like to know what's going on, you know? And so I, I go to the word of God. God's already said everything he'll ever need to say about how we should live, about how we should live to please him, about how we get to heaven, about how we win and reach the lost. He said everything he's already needs to say. It's already written right here. And this doesn't change. This is the same yesterday, today, and forever, just like him. In fact, he is his word. It's not just that he penned this. This is him. John 1 and 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word wasn't just with God, but the word was God. This is God right here. So whenever I hold this in my hand, I hold the power and the authority of God right here. I hold it to my heart. I read it. I suck it into my brain, and I think on it, and I absorb it, because that is him. That is his word, and that is who he is. And so I go to the word of God, and I seek out what God has already said about his plan for me. And you know what I found? This is really interesting. I'm, I'm kind of shocked, <laughs> because during, during prayer on Wednesday night, I'm reading through the Bible, and I'm just looking for the plan of God, right? And there were like, what is it? like eight or nine different verses that all connect together to help us, to help me. And if nobody else gets this, that's fine. This is for me as much as it is for any of you, okay? But there are seven or eight different verses that connect to help us understand the plan of God. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, right? Psalm 119 and 91 says, everything serves his plan, everything. Psalm 33 and 11 says that his plan is forever. Isaiah 14, 27 says the Lord has spoken and who can change his plan? His, change, his plan is unchangeable. Jeremiah 1 and 2 says, I am watching and I will carry out my plan. And then it goes on in Jeremiah 29, 11 to say what that plan is. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And then in 1 Corinthians 1 and 25, it says that even the most foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest plan of man. And then finally, in Psalm 138 and 8, it says, so the Lord will work out his plan for my life. Your faithful love endures forever. So let's just kind of back up. Let's back up for a second. Let's think about that. I know, this is God saying, I know the plans I have for you. My plan, everything works out for my plan. My plan is forever. My plan cannot change. Who could even try? I'm watching and I will carry out my plan. And my plan is to give you a hope and a future. And there's where it lies. And then he even goes on a little bit further to say, look, 
don't worry about how to get between here and there. Because even at my worst, it's better than anything that you could do. The, my, my best days are not even close to God's worst days, right? And so he will carry out, he will work all things together for good. He will carry out his plan and his faithful love endures forever. And let me tell you this, this is just something, this is just kind of happening in the moment. This is just my brain. The word forever, when God says it, he means it. You know, we could be driving, we can be going down to Bloomington to go get some lunch, whatever. We can sit in the restaurant in Bloomington, we can go to Chili's. I like Chili's, Chili's is good. Now I'm thinking about Chili's, now I'm hungry. But we can be sitting in the restaurant in Chili's and we can have ordered our food and we can be sitting there sipping on our mango sweet tea and it takes forever. But forever in our mind isn't even comprehensible. We can't even comprehend eternity. You know, forever to us is just a long time. Like get your plans together or get your, get your stuff together. Like this is ridiculous. It's taking forever. But when God says forever, he says my plan, my faithful love endures forever. That means it never stops. It continues into eternity and it continues through eternity. And the cool thing, let me say this too, this is really, oh, blows my mind. This is also a side note. I just want to share this. God's word doesn't stop, right? His word endures. His word is forever, right? And what's crazy about that is whenever you take that that reality that God's word is forever and you, are, you reapply that knowledge to Genesis 1-1, in the beginning was the word, or sorry, in the beginning God formed the heavens and the earth, and not 1-1, not but whenever he says, let there be light, it very clearly says, and God said, God spoke, God's word came forward and said, let there be light. And what's insane <laughs> is that that God's word is still moving reality that God's word is forever applies to that too. One of the things that, and this is a completely side note, so I apologize if this is a bit of a diversion, but I just want to throw this out there. Science has, I guess, proven that the universe is expanding still, that it's just exponentially growing. It's just the observable universe is continuing to expand. And you know what's crazy about that? Is that's still the echoes of let there be light, continuing to create and move light through the cosmos. Does that not blow your mind? I'm sorry, that's completely off topic. <laughs> God's faithful love endures forever. I said all of that to say this, God will not stop loving you. God will not stop his plan for you, and his plan is good. Amen? You can come, Sister Sanchez, musician. I always type in my notes, musicians come, but it's only ever Teresa. <laughs> so I should just start typing in there, Teresa, come. <laughs> it began, I began to think about kind of what the purpose of today's message was going to be about. What, what, what is the purpose of what God's been speaking to me? And the best thing that I can understand 
about this message is that God's given me a word with the intention of encouraging somebody this morning. If you are distressed by life, whether because of the plans you have made or because of the plans of the men of this world, I have come to share this simple truth with you. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. There is no reason to fear. Let me say that again. There is no reason to be afraid. There is no reason to be distressed. God has good plans for you. He has good plans for me. And he has good plans for this church, for Truth Tabernacle. Can we stand together? It's going to be a short, it's a short message. It's a short runway, short flight. Super low fare. <laughs> if there's someone in this place, I don't know about I don't know about you. Let me let me back up. I don't know about you, but this speaks to me in a way that I can't I can't even emotionally deal with. He has good plans. It's not just that he thinks about us. He has intention behind his thought. He knows where we are. He knows where he wants to take us. So all you have to do is let him. All you have to do is say, God, here I am. I don't know what your plans for me are, but I trust that you are doing good things. I trust that you have a good plan for me because if you didn't, your word wouldn't say it. You cannot lie. You have already spoken infinitely and forever that you have a good plan for me. I am your child. We are your children. This is your church. You have a good plan for us. So if there's somebody in this place today who's just been stressed out under the weight of the plans of man, and the direction of this world, let me tell you something, you're not alone. You're not alone. So I'm gonna open this, these altars. This is, this is a free for all. If you wanna pray where you're at, pray where you're at. If you wanna come up here and pray, come up here and pray. This is, this is open. I'm opening these altars and I implore you to seek the plan of God. Seek his peace, seek his comfort, seek to trust in him, to trust in his plan. He will not let you down. He has good plans for you. This altar is open if you want to pray. If you want to pray right where you are, you can do that too.